<laughs> oh wait, there's Christopher. Is it Christopher Keating? Yeah. Yeah. With an E on the end. I don't think you say. I think it's just Keating. I don't know. Okay. I'm not going to introduce. <laughs> <laughs> How else would you say it? Key tinge? I don't know. Hi! Hi. What a jacket is this? Oh. Uh, what don't I Welcome to What A Way To Make A Living, the podcast where we talk to people working creatively about what they do for a living and why. I'm Deborah O'Shea. And I'm Amelia Liuzzi. Today's episode features advertising creative Christopher Keating. We talk about what makes a good idea and having hope in the future of advertising. That looks young. No, honestly, what it's was fine. It? I've already linked it. Linguini. Just like have, you, have you ever noticed it? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's in my iPhone notes. What is um, An avocado linguini. Oh, I don't know bad, right? about avocado and linguini I, as a combination. I put it my, in so I've yeah, got like a shared It's quite like 70s with, of you. It's like <laughs> chicken avocado with my mum's. Well, not 70s, maybe 80s. Chicken, I was just looking for recipes dish. and yeah, I put it, me and Angie have like a shared uh, notes folder for like grocery shopping and I feel like, meal idea, this. Oh. I'm not How do you do sure. it? Uh, it's basically like you just cook spaghetti and then you kind of almost make guacamole, like guacamole yeah. kind of thing and yeah. then you smush them together. So then you can have it cold or warm. Interesting. It sounds kind of weird, but I'm, I'm, I'll try anything once. So like a chopped cherry tomato or something in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah chopped yeah, cherry yeah. tomatoes, like cor- coriander, coriander, lime, It's guacamole onion. with pasta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, like, I think no. it's, up, it's upset no, Mexicans, it's, like it's upset no. Italians. <laughs> no one is happy. <laughs> Seems legit. If BBC Good Foods on it, then I'm I'll on board. I don't trust them even slightly. <laughs> no, because they call good food. Good food. Food. That's up for debate. Uh, are we recording? Yeah, go. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're on. You've done interviews and stuff. Have you done no, it? never. No. no. Well, uh, but you talk like you talk for a job. Yes. Right. You. Yeah. So maybe clear. I've done it do well. I know. Like so, as a as an advertising person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I have to do a lot of selling of my ideas. Yeah. So basically, my job is to have ideas. Yeah. Which <laughs> is really stupid, but yeah. that's basically it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Officially, I'm a copywriter, yeah. but it's not very clear-cut. So I work um, with my uh, best friend and art director, Tom. He is an art director, officially, but we both kind of do a bit of both. So we work, I guess, that's the... I don't know how many kind of different kind of creative people you'll be talking mm. to, but I think it's quite unique to uh, our industry in that it's the norm to be in a pair and to spend your entire life um, being hired and fired and succeeding and failing 
as a unit, uh, two people. Yeah. Which um, is really, I, I don't know, it's great. It teaches you an awful lot about yourself as a creative person and a person in general. Um, and what about them? And uh, yeah, a lot about them. Um, yeah, God, I spend I spend more time uh, with Tom than I do I think with anybody else in my entire life. Um, just because it's like every day, yeah, uh, nine till God knows when. Usually seven, but sometimes way later. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So officially, I work for an advertising agency called Uncommon, which is this new, um, amazing, exciting startup. And the whole point of our agency is that we work for brands that want to make a difference in some way. Um, I think most people are sick and tired of advertising mm. because, to be fair, most of it is shit. I think. I think everyone would admit that. I think everyone in advertising would admit that. And we are shit all in what way? What shit in the oh, I just, for so many different reasons. Why? Why? Why spend so much money making something crap? Um, because it's uh, because there is so much crap out there because mm. it's not a formula and um, when you're trying to appeal to everybody you kind of end up saying nothing and I guess you, if you're a brand and you want to spend millions of pounds uh, on a campaign you want to try and cover as much as possible yeah. and then everything just gets kind of watered, watered down. down and mm. ideas when they're first brought to you are like naked and not properly formed and kind of scary and they're easy to kill and yeah maybe like yeah that'd be, I, I want to talk to you about all those things but I think like the ideas thing like maybe we could start with that yes in terms of like yeah how do you like how do you know when an idea is good and how do you then protect that idea ideas are funny and I think people people think that they are a lot more rare and precious than they actually are. Yeah. Um, I think for me, if I was to go dictionary definition, what is an idea? Well, it's usually a combination of two things uh, that come together to make something new. And I read this great quote, and I can't remember where it's from, but it said, if you treat um, ideas as rare and as precious as Fabergé eggs, then they become that scarce. And and so you and I think the first step is realizing like. Sure, like a, a, an idea is valuable. Um, an idea can can change a business or can can change your mind, um, but they are everywhere. And so I guess the first part is like the process of having an idea can be really overthought. I think I think people beat themselves up because they don't have ideas like oh straight away, but they're everywhere. And 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 they kind of the first part I guess is before it gets to the selling of this idea you know trying to convince someone about it it's mm. just about having enough I think you ha should have lots <laughs> and yeah. you have something to, to choose from um, and then you'll know that what you're selling is the best thing because you've already sort of stress tested it and you know that that feeling of excitement that you had when you came up with that idea that mm. stays with you I found the best ideas like you remember that feeling really vividly if it made you laugh or if it gave you goosebumps when you came up with it then the whole time when you're selling it when you're making it when it gets really bad and it looks like it's going to be shite um, you try and remember that feeling and that usually is the thing that that's how you know it's a good idea 
but um, I also think now it, there is a tendency for everyone to go well ideas can come from anywhere which means people have less ownership and I think actually um, yeah of course of course someone who isn't like, like a quote unquote creative person could have an amazing idea um, but at the same time it is a craft and a skill that you yeah. can hone uh, so I guess it's like it's true to a degree yeah. and then what do you do with that innate thing that you have because I do think like I was so terrified of it at the beginning this this idea of like fuck I've got a presentation I have n- nothing to show and people are going to be expecting me to bring something to the table and I'm, am I going to have an idea and I always do I mean it might not always be brilliant but I always have something because you, you just learn you you learn to trust in your ability and in the process. Um, when did you start trusting in your ability? Oh, like, yeah, I still don't really. I, or, like, to the extent where you can walk in and confidently be like, this is a good idea. Well, I, well okay, so I never necessarily... I never necessarily go, this is a great idea. I'll be like, I think this is really cool and it makes me laugh or yeah. it makes me feel something. Usually, um, like, if you want to tell people your idea, that's how you know like usually okay so I'll go to a meeting and and they'll want a set of ideas there's like say it's a first meeting that we're having a first review and they just want to see lots so you go and there's probably like nine or ten things and maybe one that you're really excited about so you kind of um, tactically put your presentation together and you think okay where am I going to put the really good one so it doesn't get lost yeah. and you sort of think where is that is that the middle or is it the end I think second last. Second last. Second, second last. last. Okay, cool. okay, top yeah. ten. <laughs> yeah, I think second last. For some reason, that's where I put it. Um, I've been doing it, I guess, so I've had a job for seven years. And in that time, I've learned to chill out a bit more, although I'm still absolutely paranoid that I'll have nothing. You know, I think that never goes away. That sense of, that fear of failure, yeah. I think, is just going to always be with me. Or, Tell us about some of the recent stuff you've been doing at Uncommon and like the ideas behind that mm. and where they came from. So Uncommon, um, I know that I just love it. I feel yeah. like they're doing something really different in the, um, I don't know, so you guys, you have a completely different experience where you're from places, a place that would identify itself as a, as a studio, right? Yeah. And um, for the longest time, advertising has been about agencies. And I think there, even in that word, there's like inherent differences and I think you really feel it when you go to somewhere like Uncommon which is trying to be more of a studio than an agency because um, everyone is trying not to do the expected thing Um, so often it's like kind of paint by numbers um, in the bigger agencies and with bigger clients and we're trying to do stuff that's a bit more project by project and for really cool brands little brands or maybe brands that they're making on their own I'm trying to think recently what I've been up to so I did a campaign for the Guardian yeah, uh, yeah which was about that. yeah okay that was really scary why well, uh, because um, the Guardian is like Nike right it's it's had amazing advertising mm. in the past and you get a brief like that and you just think Mm, fuck because <laughs> because what if mine is the shit one <laughs> yeah I'm like oh god I'm gonna, do the, I'm gonna do the first shit campaign for the Guardian and everyone's gonna remember that it was you and you shut the bed um, that's really scary I think doing it doing doing work for a, a client that has shit work is easy because the bar is really low yeah um, and then you come along and it's like oh it's the Guardian 
and they did the skinhead ad, super famous, and they did this amazing little pigs ad and all this stuff. Um, and you think, oh, fuck. Uh, so that was really scary, and everyone on the in the agency sort of worked on it. And I think I was absolutely terrified of it and sort of wanted to give up right at the beginning because I thought I'm never going to... Uh, that's that fear of failure thing, right? Like, I'm never going to have anything that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I generally start out. Mm. Uh, and I, 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 I start from a point of nothing. <laughs> start from a point of abject terror. Um, no, what happens is actually I'm in the briefing and they're telling me about this is the Guardian, blah blah blah, and um, our amazing planners are sort of taking us through the brief. And the whole time I'm trying to listen, but really I'm just thinking, fuck, 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 fuck. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, oh, I don't want to do this. It's really scary. All of that crap. Um, and actually, I guess I tried to sort of forget a bit about what came before because mm. that's not going to help you yeah. get anywhere, like putting that pressure on stuff. So for context, this is the Hope campaign, right? Yeah, so, okay, so um, they don't advertise, really, mm. um, or they haven't in a long time because they're reader-funded mm-hmm. and they don't want to blow their, the money that they've finally started to make from readership and yeah. um, subscriptions they don't just blow it on a really expensive marketing campaign so they needed something that was pretty low cost um, so I think their last big big brand campaign was like 2011 2012 so it's been a while and they came and they said look um, we want you to do something that feels relevant to now and um, their editor-in-chief is this amazing woman who you should definitely google uh, called Catherine Viner and mm-hmm. she's super great uh, and she also had been talking about this other amazing woman called Rebecca Solnit who um, I don't know she's just absolutely mind-blowing writer feminist writer but also just in general a kind of um, amazing thinker and storyteller and so I sort of started trying to find a bit more about that a lot mm. of the strategy was about speaking to the climate now and I think everyone is feeling super um bleak and bummed mm. out like Brexit climate change um, politics um, inequality mm. uh, all of that sort of stuff and we needed to say something that wasn't more of the same so like most newspapers at the minute are talking about how important truth is yeah. and um, how democracy dies in darkness and all this super heavy stuff and of course that's really important but we can't go out there and go isn't truth important because mm. other people are saying it um, so we came upon this idea of hope and actually what what, what does hope mean because hope has this image uh, um, being really wishy-washy mm. and uh, quite passive but really hope is a super powerful force if you think about in the way that Rebecca Solnit um, she wrote this book called Hope, hope in the Dark uh, which Catherine Viner the editor of The Guardian read and then that formed this huge um, kind of uh, manifesto that she wrote a vision for the, the newspaper which I read and then subsequently read all of Rebecca's Solnit stuff and I was mm. really inspired um, and I guess we just started talking about hope and that's sort of where the campaign came from um, which hope is power is mm. the, the the line of the campaign but the sort of the thought and that if we can hope that change is possible change can occur so really that's the kind of starting point of it mm. uh, and then from uh, the actual ad which is um, it's this butterfly hitting against a window and then it smashes the window um, 
think that just came. It's just sort of. <laughs> Sometimes it just. Actually, you know what happened? Yeah. It's because they had no money and we needed something really, really small that you could shoot, like, yeah. in a single day um, that didn't require loads of actors, not mm. much post work. Like, that was a necessity, I think, in working back from there. Yeah, so I guess that made you work within certain premises and actually that really worked to the benefit because the yeah. simplicity of that is actually such yeah. a cool campaign. Yeah. So I'm really interested in, because I, I thought it was yeah, an amazing um, amazing piece of work, but it sort of got, gets me thinking to something that I think quite a lot about at the moment, which is the idea of like like good advertising. Mm. And like, what is that? And I kind of get a sense that, as we were sort of talking about at the beginning, creatives and people who work in the creative industry and just generally people in the world are becoming ever more kind of like conscious and aware of yeah the current climate and how that's you know unfolding and I think that there's a sense that people want to put out some some good into the world Hmm. and not just good as in quality good as Hmm. in good is meaningful good so um yeah how do you think that kind of then translates for the advertising world because I think the people would really really like to strive to do that more often yeah. but at the end of the day it is obviously like a corporate well, commercial, yeah. commercial machine that needs to sell some things do you kind of get that sense as well and how do you think that's sort of starting to like manifest and, and drip its way out into the into the industry I mean in oh, wow um, you don't have to have an answer I'm the kind of I'm, to be honest, that is, I'm sure, like the founders of our agency, Nat and Nils and Lucy, they would, they could talk to you at length about that, and really, yeah. um, they would be so much better equipped. I think, for me, the reality is, um, I'm lucky to work at an agency that is selective about its clients. Yeah. So we work for WWF, we work for Ecover, we work for The Guardian. Um, you know, we have clients who are trying to put that out into the world. So that makes it a little bit easier. And you can choose who you work with. Yeah. And you can work with P&G and Unilever and um, fast food giants. You know, you can do that and it'll pay. Um, and have you worked? You've worked oh, God, I've worked with yeah, lots yeah. of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I'm aware that, you know, I am being paid to do a job. And I don't think I've ever worked on anything morally that I think I would have a problem with. I've never really... I know I haven't, because you can't. I've not worked on a cigarette brand. Mm. Um, I've never worked on a gambling brand, necessarily. Um, but that's not necessarily to say I, I wouldn't. I think it also depends, like, what else are you doing? What else are you putting out there in the world? Because, fine, like, you can do your job, but you can still contribute in different ways you can have your proactive projects and you can you know I I think um, relying on your job to do all of that for you is too much yeah but in terms of advertising I think yeah I think everyone's feeling a bit like what am I going to do that's going to make a difference you know you look on DNAD and you look at the kind of white pencil stuff and and the um, there's some there is amazing stuff out there um and I think it is move. Well, it's, it's cynical, really, because that stuff is in vogue at the minute. Like, of course, that's the stuff we all share and we mm. talk about. And there's that, there's that shameless self-promotion side of it, where you're thinking, "Oh God, how am I going to do something good that's also going to get me attention?" And that's kind of a slightly different thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you think that is? Yeah. Do you think that we are in a bit of a bubble of that, or do you think that? 
um, brands are starting to actually want to, you know, seeing campaigns that are doing something slightly more meaningful and wanting yeah. to veer towards that? Or do you think it is just like trend driven? So I think it totally depends on the brand. So for example, I'll, because I work with them, Ecover. Ecover are a company that started like 40 years ago. And they started with the mission, which was there were phosphates in washing powders and that was really bad, it's fucking up the environment. So they were like, we're gonna do non-toxic washing. And that is inherent in their company and it's mm. always been there. So that's great, right? Because you don't have to make anything up. You don't have to change people's minds. They've always been that way. Um, and then you've got the opposite end of the spectrum. And I think um, this always kind of strikes me more and more maybe I'm just really aware of it but take Pride for example Pride you'll go and you'll see every brand under the sun have slapped a rainbow flag on something mm. now is that because they genuinely support kind of LGBTQ plus rights yeah maybe or maybe they're just there because they've turned their logo rainbow coloured and it's a bit more exposure and mm. it's also like you know you get a bit of that halo effect of yeah I was there I care um, and that's totally different. So I think it has to come, f for me, it can only ever really come organically through that company. Mm. There's like a big difference between uh, a Patagonia and ASOS. And mm. if ASOS started talking about sustainability, I'd be a bit like, mm, really? Whereas Patagonia have always sort of kind of done that and yeah. are now known for it. I, me and Tom, actually, we, we used to, we had this one fucking huge fight and it was actually around this, it was like, it, uh, you know, morally, if I worked on, let's say, a cigarette account um, and the other person didn't want to, you know, how would we resolve that? Yeah. Um, because, of course, it's your, um, it's your right to turn that sort of stuff down. Um, but I still think you can do your job in a way that doesn't necessarily mean you have to contribute to boosting the sales of cigarettes mm. you know if you if you give them an idea that they just no one can argue in the room that that's a really great idea but they just can't buy it and you're fine yeah which that. is really cynical <laughs> <laughs> it's my catholic like inherited catholic guilt that i think oh you know i just can't do a shit job no i totally get do you know that. what i mean it's yeah. really hard though it's really yeah. hard and it like drives this is like totally off topic you have a question that's like relevant Brewing, I can see oh, it's no, no, no. relevant face, but yeah, not having I'm that. Like, yeah, you're totally that. I think, yeah, having that, like, you need to always be doing the best job, it drives you nuts sometimes yeah. as well on projects. Yeah, yeah. Like, you just get you put so much of yourself into it, and that's mm. too much. What were you gonna say, Jess? I was just gonna say that's something else that I'm intrigued about is the idea of uh, you saying you and your partner and how you, yeah, like, agree on projects and things like that. Um, if you work in, say, design or, well, actually, probably quite a lot of other jobs, you don't work in a partnership. Mm -hmm. So how does that actually work in reality? Like, how did you guys kind of learn? Well, first of all, how did you meet? And then yeah. how did you realise that you were a good fit? And then how yeah. has that kind of developed? It's like, feel a, like it feels like... I feel it's like, like we're about to hear a love story. I, love story. <laughs> I feel like you should be here. Cue I think you should be like here. Love could, story music. Because it is, um, yeah. No, and then the weird thing is, normally we would we would do this together. Like it, mm. this is how kind of um, oh, intertwined okay. we are. But um, uh, how did Tom and I meet? So um, it's really a boring, convoluted story. But I met his little sister doing a photo shoot 
for her company mm-hmm. and she went and we became friends and she said oh my, my brothers really like you um, in a lot of ways he wants to do advertising and um, similar sense of humor and stuff mm-hmm. and so I kind of met him and then um, he went off to America actually and I stayed here in London and we would um, Skype each other every month and we would like bitch about our jobs and our bitching sessions sort of turned into brainstorming sessions and we realized we were having ideas and um, and we made each other laugh mm. I think that's the thing that we just God, if you cannot laugh you can, I don't think you can work together yeah I think it's so being stuck which is the 98% of your job is awful <laughs> and if you can't find any joy in it whatsoever and there have been moments that we have forgotten to find the joy um, we are fucked um, and so he came back from America and we got a job together and that was maybe six years ago mm. I kind of always thought that I'd go into this industry looking for like my creative partner yeah because and you find so many you find it in so many different people but there is like something particular that you're kind of looking for when you work I, uh, for me it's a sense of humour yeah if you if you I think so many ideas happen when and, and, it, and it makes you laugh even if it's not like necessarily a funny idea I think that kind of excitement that's generated that's for me I think we have our best ideas and we're just freely able to laugh or we talk about whatever shit that he's watching on RuPaul's Drag Race or yeah. that I found on Tumblr yeah. even though I shouldn't be there because I'm 15 years too old for it um, I actually because I was like doing a bit of research for it I checked your Tumblr because yeah, so I was oh like are you God. still doing that thing yeah, and then I was, like, was going to reference it yeah. I was going to reference it and then I was like I'll yeah. check when the last post was and so I looked oh, in archive and it was like last week yeah I mean <laughs> that's amazing I've not met somebody okay. who's still using Tumblr no I know right and it, I, I, I'm well aware that Tumblr is for 15 year olds uh, and therefore I'm twice the age isn't it for 15 year olds like 10 years ago <laughs> yeah do you know what fucking Tumblr it's I, got a funny name too it's, it's called Sassy Pet Shop Miracle that's it why is it called that I don't know it just made me laugh this is the thing so Tom so actually do you know why because I I'm a terrible Pinterester and I feel like I go through phases with Pinterest where I like want to pin everything and then I'm like oh whatevs I just I haven't I don't know it just doesn't appeal to me mm. but I did like keeping a record of all the funny shit that I came across on the internet so I so I started pinning and like reblogging stuff and keeping them Tom actually he, he was like you should really just start keeping a record of it <laughs> and it's this really strange strange collection of, of stuff that makes me laugh um, but actually I find um, and I mean I, I don't I, I'm not like a frequent blogger it's, it's just it's like almost my Pinterest really and it's a record of the things that I find that I'm like holy crap I can't forget that's really funny um, and there's so many like witty r- writers and so many ho- just really smart smart way smarter than me funny people um, out there on Tumblr mm. who are all like 15 and in m- middle America <laughs> um, and I just love it so that's that and uh, yeah such good inspiration I love that. I think that um, I kind of miss that Tumblr format, though. Things were such <laughs> like a simple thing where, yeah. yeah, you just see things that you like, you yeah. repost them, and you've got a personal record of stuff. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Pinterest, I think, goes like too far the other way, and I I can find it quite frustrating. And Instagram is like a whole different like beast. So yeah. I do quite like in terms yeah. of yeah, like just storing things that you find interesting from the internet. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty. It's a good way. It is. I mean, however dated it might be. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. weird though, man. Tumblr. I like it. Thanks. 
It's alright. It's got some good it's stuff. It's like in a it. bit. There's a. I don't know. I just. I'm not really up with memes. I don't really understand. Like people. Like people. Whenever. Like my friends send memes in a group. Oh yeah. 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 I just don't. We well, you I want. Just, there's yeah, some. I don't. There's a level where I just don't understand the meme, and you yeah. can't explain a meme to a person. That's the like there's one with the cat. Oh, you can. There's an Instagram account called Jeff no, explains meme. the meme. Oh, what? And Jeff it literally goes. Can <laughs> 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 you send that to me? It's actually awesome. I thoroughly recommend it to everybody. And it literally explains in like comic value just really bluntly what the mean meme means good and say it i might need that yeah it's good um i don't really care about memes i just save the weird shit that makes me laugh there's one i saw that was it's not talking about that was really good there's one that was this girl and it's her birthday oh my god and amazing like, and you're on your tumblr yeah i know and it's, you do you know what i'm talking yeah. about and she, there's like, oh, she's there at the table with a cake and there's all these balloons helium around balloons helium. Oh, is that what, what happens there's all these helium balloons around here they bring out the candle but it's one of those like shooting oh, streamers yeah. streamers yeah. club style and she yes. likes it and all the balloons get <laughs> the, helium, the helium explodes <laughs> do you know what I mean that's like that's the level great. but that's, that's an no, effort that's, like that's something I you know, can but use yeah. Yeah. how do you use that because I'll wait and then I'll have a really boring brief and I'll be like what if there's a kid and she's got a cake and it <laughs> sets fire to her helium balloons <laughs> I never know but how did you think of that and I'll be like oh it's just just there it's, it's just, just really there cool. I'm just yeah. I'm a font of good just, ideas yeah. so original um, um, I'm going to ask you now. Yeah. Look at this section outside. Yes. What? So you said before you got to do stuff outside. Yeah, of you work. do. What are you doing outside at work? What are you? I do. Lo- well, about? God. Um, I know that you're always working. Yeah, I, yeah, I am. General um, theme to the successful people that we know. Yeah, everybody's always, always on. Yeah. yeah. I don't know that because I think everyone's like, oh, you work really long hours. And I think, well, yeah, but most of the time I spend like sat around kind of inactive sort of chatting about nothing. And it doesn't feel like hard work. Yeah. Like I'm not down the mines. And I think. Oh, yeah. So a, a bit of me is like, well, of course I'm always working or like, always, because it's not that it's hard fun. and it's fun. It's yeah. really fun. Um, which is how you probably know that you're doing the right job is if it's fun. Exactly. Um, so in terms of what else I'm doing, I'm just trying, this is so sad. This is really No, bad. go, go, go. I basically look at my day and I think, okay, how can I like maximize my potential oh, for wow, we're such different for doing yep. stuff. Great, yeah. So like, whether it's like <laughs> a triangle. Do you do this? Um, I don't think okay. so. Okay, go. I got really um, into like timetabling, <laughs> which is the most okay, uncreative thing ever. So I'll go like, okay, I wake up at six and I go to bed at like, I don't know, say 10, 11. Yeah. yeah. And I think, okay, now I need to divide my day up into like my work hours and then the stuff that is important to me where I try and fit it in. And the only thing that I can do because my work hours is variable is I have my morning and I can get up at like six and then I can do a little bit of writing and I can go to the gym and do whatever I want to do. And then I'm at work from like, I don't know, half nine till one. And then I um, have my lunch hour and I can play my music and practice. And that's just my time that is very much protected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from like two until fuck knows when I'll be at the, my ad agency. Mm-hmm. And then um, hopefully in the evenings I'll have time for some reading or another project that I'm working on a bit of writing I don't know I think um, the busier I am the easier I can have ideas I think when you're quiet it becomes hard to so be agree, busy actually, I think just yeah. have lots on because you, is it because you don't have the time like is because you're like I just have to kind of have to yeah a bit of it but I also feel like I, just, I get guilt I just feel guilty if I'm not doing something mm. I'm just a bit like 
Mm. Lazy. How do you draw a line, though? So I totally agree. It's yeah. like the busier that you are, yeah. the, the kind of the easier it is actually to kind of be productive because yeah. you're like, right, I'm on a roll. Let's go. Yeah. But how do you, um, yeah, deal with it and make sure that things don't get like too much? Hmm. How? Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm a lit, little bit of. Um, I'm such a swat. And, uh, what does that mean? Such a, just like a, just a like, shameless um, little swat who tries really hard. It's like another it's word. So it's desperate. <laughs> it's a shameless it's just, swat. Just like, swat just like is another nerd, word for, you know? yeah, like geek or just nerd. Like, okay. just, yeah, yeah. And I, and I, just, I just have to try. It's just one of those things that I just feel really guilty if I don't. Um, and I tend to have quite a high um, tolerance having a lot on which isn't to say I'm always like top of my game because I don't think I am at yeah. all um, but I do also know of people that they burn out a lot faster and you have to be really aware of how you're feeling if it's not fun you probably shouldn't be doing it or stressing yeah. yourself out that much um, I can't really speak from personal experience but I have found um, I've only I've only really struggled in the opposite when I'm not busy enough and when I get bored and I get get depressed when I'm quiet and not doing anything and then right. I just feel like I'm never going to achieve anything I'm never going to make anything I'm never going to do anything ever again even if it's only been like a couple of weeks yeah and you're just like what have I got to look forward to what I'm, what have I got to show for myself yeah you know? I don't know do you ever have, cool. do you have no, that? I think that's yeah. really productive anxiety. Yeah, productive, productive anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. Monetize your issues, <laughs> I think. And so we kind of ask each guest to basically bring like a question, yeah. a topic or an okay. idea, something that maybe you feel passionate about, that you yes. want people to talk about more. I don't know, basically, okay. what the floor you is yours. I, um, so, okay, I don't have a question. God, I, I feel really rude that I don't have a question. No, that's not right. you, whatever yeah, you bring to the table like is fine. We've just okay. sat here asking you loads of questions, so now's yeah. your time to right. and we'll just about try okay, to So this isn't a question, this isn't anything. It is something I wish I had found actually years ago. Mm. Um, in the form of the, the set of rules um, God I love rules so, like I said heard. Um, <laughs> no what was the word? SWAT SWAT yeah, yeah. such a geek um, and I have this actually I don't know if you've seen it Amelia but it's on um, me and Alistair it's on our bedroom wall I have a hanging <laughs> Nice. And what this article this, not this article <laughs> but, uh, what I'm about to share um, these 12 rules uh, to live by as a creative person and that okay. sounds so like live laugh sounds love like I promise it's not like that sounds <laughs> really bad live sounds laugh really bad. love <laughs> so live laugh and love is really I should yeah, think about it like no one's watching <laughs> seem like no one's listening uh, yeah oh, no what this Go, is, what is um, 
is this nun uh, called Sister Carita? Oh, you love her. <gasps> no yeah. way. I love her. My brother-in-law like um, has her artwork in his gallery. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay, I need to go and see it. Yeah. So I love her and her artwork. I don't know um, for some context. Basically, she was this amazing woman in the 60s um, working in California. I think California. Mm. Um, working at an art college, uh, an artist, activist, educator, and nun um, called Sister Carita Kent. And I had never come across her stuff um, until... Um, Tom actually introduced me to her stuff and I was like wow that's fucking amazing and it wasn't just her work I think it was her viewpoint and um, she taught and she had all of these um, kind of really inspiring um, lectures and she she put some of it down actually on paper and I came across um, what Immaculate Heart College Art Department rules um, there was an exhibition actually just recently and they had these printed out there was a big stack of them and I'd come across it actually as, as I think actually on Pinterest I'd seen seen it and then I, and then it was there, um, and I just loved them and I wish that I'd had them. So this is the thing that I'd like to share because okay. they are awesome. Um, so actually I said there were twelve. There's only ten. Um, rule one: find a place you trust and then try trusting it for a while. Which absolutely I think I need to do more trust other people around you rule two general duties of a student pull everything out of your teacher pull everything out of your fellow students I'm assuming she does not mean literally rule (laughs) three general duties of a teacher pull everything out of your students there's a lot of pulling Pulling. she's a nun she's a nun so she she, it it was all above board Um, rule four consider everything an experiment like it Rule five, be self-disciplined. This means finding someone wise or smart and choosing to follow them. To be disciplined is to follow in a good way. To be self-disciplined is to follow in a better way. Yes, get a tattoo of that. Um, (laughs) She's a clever lady. Um, Okay, this is really important because for me, um, I should have had this a long time ago. Rule six, nothing is a mistake. There's no win and no fail. There's only make. And I think... Holy crap! I wish I knew that because um, if we're, everything is too precious, and I think you just go. Bah. More ideas, the better. Yeah, rule seven: the only rule is work. If you work, it will lead to something. It's the people who do all of the work all the time who eventually catch on to things. She's yeah, absolutely. Rule eight: this is an okay. This is the one. Right? I know I've said that about everything. This is really the one. <laughs> This is so the one. This is the, this is the one. number ten going to be. This is the live, laugh, love of creative people. And holy crap, we should have this above our mantelpiece. It says, "Rule eight: Don't try to create and analyze at the same time. They are different processes." I think when your inner critic, I have this fucking inner critic that is like turned up to eleven all the time, and it really stifles me. And letting yourself be stupid is so important because I never let myself be stupid, and that's yeah. Sister Korea and your stuff. Rule that. number nine, be happy whenever you can manage it. <laughs> Which is true. You will always be disappointed, really, with your, with your shit. Uh, and rule ten, um, we are breaking all of the rules, even our own rules. And how do we do that? By leaving plenty of room for X quantities. John Cage. Helpful hints. Always be around. Come or go to everything. Always go to classes. Read anything you can get your hands on. Look at movies save everything it might come in handy and there should be rule, new rules next week 
I just think she's awesome. Oh, what a legend. What, what a legend, honestly. And it's also typeset in this like really shonky way. It's <laughs> just fucking great. Um, so oh, that's thank that's, you that's for the, that. The, yeah. I think That's we need really to print cool. that out. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. I, I have a spare copy. Actually. I have two. <laughs> I have two just in case one of them something happens. Yes. Um, yeah. Alistair has to look at that every morning. <laughs> it's very funny. Inspirational. Yeah. Rule one, Alistair. Rule one, Alistair. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Getting each other to like recite them over breakfast. I love that. That's great. Um, yeah, thanks so much. That's brilliant. Um, I guess that's sorry, like a perfect a note rambles. to like, finish on. Yeah. yeah, Google search Dukarita Kent. That's the only uh, that's thing. That's the key learning. That's the key I learning. Think, yeah. And you will be inspired. And also that meme of the balloon. Oh my god, and also check out my really bad Tumblr. <laughs> just so you can see we'll a girl sure set fire it. to her <laughs> entire face. Important content. Yeah. <laughs>Thank you for listening to what a way to make a living and thank you so much to christopher for talking with us we want to hear from you who would you like to hear from what would you like us to ask people about follow us on instagram at waterway podcast or send us an email what a way to make a podcast at gmail.com our theme music is by fames see you next time bye <laughs>